Hey guys, welcome to Lauren.Live. Today we have a special guest on, a good friend of mine that I've actually known for many years. I wanna say, I don't even know, since 2008 actually. Uh, we work together in the retail industry and uh, we've been through a lot and lost touch, but then come back together. And uh, she's just a really special friend in person. And I'm really pumped that she's here to chat with us today. Her name is Melody Todd, and we are going to be talking about a lot of things, but specifically, we're going to be touching on anxiety, uh, a little bit of depression, uh, just you know how you go through grief and stress and and loss, and some beauty too in that, and growth and 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 happiness that can come from that as well. So we'll be kind of touching on a lot of different things and a lot of emotions today. And I wanna just kind of get into this quickly because we have a lot to talk about. So thanks for joining us today. And uh, I hope that this touches you and uh, helps someone because I know that anxiety, depression, loss obviously affects millions of people. And uh, I think everyone knows what it feels like to lose something or to struggle. And uh, we just want to keep this conversation rolling and and be real. So let's get right to it. Melody, thank you for being here tonight. Hi, Lauren. I am so thrilled and I feel really honored that you have invited me to be a part of your podcast. It's very exciting. Yes. Thank you so much. You're my third guest. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I really do appreciate it. And like I said, I mean, I've, I've had some anxieties in life. I mean, most people have some form of anxiety at some point in their life, but I mean, going a little deeper, most people, if not, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say everybody, but I would say most people at some point in their life deal with some form of anxiety, whether it's situational, maybe chemical imbalances with depression, or just it, there's more prone to it, but it's real and it's affecting a lot of people and more people than I realize. When I talk to people, I learn like they've been dealing with it too. And I'm like, wow, this is something that needs to be talked about continually. And, and we need to, I think that's the first like hurdle. If you, don't you agree? Like just opening up and talking about it. A hundred percent. That's basically, that was my jumping point of when I discovered that I did struggle with anxiety and worry, which can kind of go hand in hand, very similar. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was just talking about it. That was the first step in really finding healing and finding not like permanent healing because you can't really be healed from it necessarily, but finding the opportunities to put tools in my toolbox, you could say, mm -hmm. to learn how to navigate. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's just the first thing is just reminding people one it's okay like it's it's normal and and we need to talk about it it needs to be i think just knowing you're not alone is half the battle in in life right no matter what the what the situation is or the emotion is knowing that other people are going through it one makes you feel less crazy or alone um and it's a way to also heal is just you know banding together with other people that know what you're going through and um, yeah. So, I mean, I just think I'll keep saying that, but just, this is a perfect example because we're sitting here talking about it, but I, I hope people mm -hmm. listening find some like value in this and some comfort and just knowing that, Hey, two, two women here are, have experienced it or are experiencing it daily or weekly or whatever. And 
it's normal and it's okay. I think that's something in this society. It's gotten better, but you know, a lot of people like, you know, take a medicine and, and feel better and, and, you know, just act like you're perfect on social media and no, like it's okay to have a bad day and be down. Like I want people to know that. And so that's one of the things that you've been really open about on your social media and you can tell people your handle later and how to find you, but you've been really vulnerable online and I've watched you over the years do that. And I think that's, you know, really courageous and it's probably helped a lot of other people kind of come out of their shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been really fun and uh, fulfilling and healing at the same time for me. Like what I have shared publicly has found its way to people who have needed to hear it. And in turn, it helps me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm re-energized and I feel that deep sigh of relief. I'm not alone. Somebody else understands exactly what I'm going through. And then at the same time, the person who's reading my post or reading my Instagram or my blog post, what have you, they're going, Oh, thank God. Somebody else out there understands it. And they actually put it out there. Um, And, you know, somebody somewhere along the line did that for me, right? Somebody shared on a website that I follow or on Instagram. And I went, Oh my gosh you know, I'm sitting there sobbing, reading it going, I can relate. And so I felt the need. I felt that tug. I felt that tug to do the same thing for other women. Yeah. That's amazing and beautiful because it's vulnerable to put yourself out there. And thank you for being here and talking to strangers about your life. And I mean, this is very, it is vulnerable. So I thank you for doing this. It takes some courage. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so let's step back just for a second and just tell people kind of about you, about you know family mm-hmm. and kind of your life in a nutshell, just so we get an idea of who you are, who who they're listening to, and then we can kind of dive into maybe the last like five years. I know a lot's happened in your personal life and has added to your anxiety and such. Yeah, you bet. Um, so quick Cliff's notes about me. Um, I live north of Seattle and my husband and I, my husband, Scott, and I grew up on a small island called Woodby Island, um, north, north, north of Seattle. And, um, so we met when I was 17, got married when I was 21 and we had our first child at 25. He was about 27 and, um, me deep into our careers, um, and we didn't leave much room to like play and travel. We just were like, we came from two families that were hard workers, very loyal to their families and um, just very middle-class families. And so we kind of carried that same thought process when raising our kids. And so we, we worked hard. We've worked really hard and um, we welcomed our first kid child, our first daughter, Holland. She's 15 now. We welcomed her in 2005. And then our second daughter, Savannah, she's nine. And we welcomed her in 2011. And so Scott and I both work outside the home and I've worked for the same company for 20 years, which Lauren and I worked for the same company a long time ago. And that's how we met. Um, Those are some really fond memories. I love those days. Uh, And so since then we've, you know, we've just been chugging along and working really hard and building our teams as managers at our jobs. And then kind of came the like, okay, things are just feeling hard. We got through the recession, like, like the skin of our teeth. 
it was very, very challenging on our marriage. It was very challenging on our pocketbook. We almost, I can safely say, lost everything. Um, decided the shirts on our back, but by the grace of God, we were able to get through it. So um, that's when things started to kind of build a little bit around 2010, 2011, where I was just starting to feel a little different. Like my emotions were a little bit heightened now and then. Um, and then around uh, 2000 and oh, 2015 and 16 is really when I started to feel uh, anxiety creeping in. And um, it was on the way to work. And I'd have to pull you, over. But tell, tell us how old you were then too, because I do find it interesting that if mm-hmm. you can go most of your life and maybe not notice it. And like you said, things started to change. Like when did this pop up age-wise? Um, I want to say I was probably about 36. Okay. So yeah, 2016, 27, 36, 37. And so there, there I just aged myself. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, sometimes I wonder if it contributed to, or it was a contributing factor to having children and childbirth. They do say that there is some, um, uh, mental, uh, shifts and changes that can happen, uh, to your brain during pregnancy, during delivery, your hormones, things, postnatal stuff. So part of me was kind of wondering if that's what was happening. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, do I have like a delayed postpartum or like, what the heck, you know? Um, and no one in my family and no one in my husband's family ever talked about mental health or stress, depression, anxiety, none of it. But I knew from a young age that I kind of started to deal with, I had some bouts of depression when I was younger in high school. And um, so I knew that my emotions were sensitive, let's say. And I was sensitive to a lot of things. And I, I would just lean on a lot of people's energy. Like if they were having a bad day, I was having a bad day. It was a really hard thing for me to get past. And I had a friend actually call me out on it recently. Like, I love you. You are a genuine human being, but you carry everybody's energy. And when they're sad or upset or stressed or whatever, and they express it to you, you like feel it with your whole body. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of do. And it's really frustrating. (laughs) I love it because I love people and I love to engage with people. And I want them to know that like, I embrace them no matter what they're going through, whatever season, and they can lean on me, but it comes with a price. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so kind of in conjunction with that, I had a friend lean on me for conversation like a handful of years ago. And she was, uh, on the early stages of thinking about leaving her husband due to just, just a just tough, tough marriage. And she had called me and she's like, I just need some prayer. I'm really stressed out. Can you pray for me? Can we just talk? And we sat in the parking lot at my work for two hours and we cried and she cried and I cried and we laughed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And then we did the same thing like a few days later. And then I needed, I needed prayer. I needed someone to lean on for something that I was going through and she was there for me. And I was like, you know, we started talking about how nobody talks about this stuff. And mind you, there's some things that shouldn't be shared like public on Instagram people always have, they feel the need that they have to put out these public statements that they're getting divorced and separated. Like if you think about 
20 years ago, 30 years ago, that would never be a thing. You would maybe tell your work friends and your church friends and your close friends. And that was it. Right. So there, there's this added layer of anxiety and depression because people are like, Oh my gosh, what are all my followers going to think? Like, I don't live a perfect life. Mm -hmm. I have struggles and problems and I hate looking like I'm broken. I hate looking like I don't have it together and my life isn't perfect because we've all kind of set that expectation that that's what we have to have. Thanks social media, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, so we were talking and I just said, you know, I've had this on my heart that I've been wanting to write again. I, I really need to start writing again. I'm finding therapy in it. Like I've been journaling since I was eight, quit for a really long time because adulthood um and kids and wanting to go to bed early (laughs) but I started writing again for therapy and one of my girlfriends who's a blogger was like do it start a blog just write just write what's ever on your heart just do it do it for you don't worry about anybody else do it for you and I talked with my other girlfriend who you know we've been spending a lot of time on the phone talking and she's like I'll do this with you like I need this too and like let's just share let's just be real we share to inspire hope, share to inspire other women to find their voice and to feel heard and know that they're not alone. And I'm like, I am here for this a thousand percent. Let's do it. We started on this chatter. Um, and then she politely declined moving forward with it and being kind of like my co-writer for the site because her and her husband ended up um, divorcing um, later. So she did the right thing for her mental health too. She's like, I can't, I'm taxed. I can't take on anything else. And that was the right thing for her to do. Um, But I have found so much therapy in this blog and writing and sharing. And I love it. I thrive off of it. And it's like, I don't even feel that like shame, that stigma because the response that I got from like the very first post on that site was like overwhelming with support. And I, I, I want other women to feel that, you know, I want other women to feel that they are not alone. There's so many things that you can do to seek help and to feel like yourself again. And there's no shame in the anxiety game. <laughs> Totally. It is the real deal. Yeah. It's part of life. I mean, yeah. And just to, so people know yeah. too, when you say um, honest chatter, that's, your, that's yes. your blog, but also your Instagram. So if you hear Melody talking about that, you, one, you can find her there. And two, just so you know what we're referencing. Yes. Yeah. You can find me on uh, honest chatter on Instagram and the website is www.honestchatter.com. Yes. And that's the blog and that's where you, you've been writing and feeling therapy and. Yeah. So the last, uh, almost five years now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been fun to watch that grow too. And just some of your stories that you share and we'll get to it in a little bit with your dad, but you've, you've been, you've opened up a lot on there. It's been really neat to watch, watch you since I don't always get to see you and talk to you in person. So it's been a way to stay in touch and see what's going on with you and how you've grown and Yeah. So go over, yeah, go and check it out is the point I'm trying to share. Go, <laughs> go check out her, her page because it's real and it's raw and it's beautiful and it's life. And it's, it's nice to follow. Like you said, it's nice to follow some pages that aren't always hundred percent, always polished and dressed up and perfect. And so 
I, appreciate I mean, I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to put the, the, I just woke up. Oh my God, look at my hair. And, you know, I've, I just recently, uh, for the first time, thank you very much. Um, I got false lashes. Well, there we false go. Eyelashes. I saw and you got brows too, didn't you? Yeah, looked, she did. Well, it started out with just like a, I booked my, my, you know, just a regular brow appointment to get my brows um, shaped and tinted because I'm Dutch and blonde and can't <laughs> see them. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a little something for myself because I feel like I deserve it. And I want to wake up looking fresh and like a daisy in the morning. And so I had her do a set of eyelashes on me and um, a funny story, like day two, three, day three. Um, I went to the hot tub after work that night. This is a few nights ago. And it was such a beautiful night, like clear skies, see the stars, you know, like spring is here. Scott and I were just like living it up. Like, oh, it's so beautiful out here. A little glass of wine. And so the steam from the hot tub, I think, <laughs> I think that was a bad idea. So the next morning I woke up and I've got like five eyelashes oh, on each eye, just sitting on my cheeks. Gosh, I know. Uh, yeah, you do have to keep up with the maintenance and stuff, but Good for you for <laughs> trying something new. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I got to pamper myself once in a while, you know. <laughs> yeah, you do. But you've posted things. I mean, you, you have your fashion, beautiful travel, all that glamorous, like good for you life. Love it. And then you also have had photos where you're more natural and real. And so I just, I appreciate the balances, you know, the point I want to get across, like, that's what we should all strive to be is real. And if you want to get dressed up and get your lashes, great. But I think we all need to remember that people behind the Instagram photo have mm -hmm. real lives. And that's why we're here talking about this stuff. And yes, have fun and show the fun times. But it is really you know, difficult because yeah. there is, you can try to really find light on that. It can, mm -hmm. um, when I started writing like my mission and my values for the blog and like what I wanted it to be about, what I wanted to focus on, you know, the one thing I kind of kept going back to was like, okay, I'm going to share the real and the raw and the truth and the, the honesty that I have in my heart that I want to put out there. But at the same time, it was like, oh my gosh, am I sharing? I'm like committing to telling my community and like, honestly, a lot of strangers that follow me on, on Instagram, um, I'm telling them I'm going to be real and raw, but yet I've got this like really cool edited photo of me sipping wine in the vineyards in Walla Walla that I'm going to share. And it's fun. I, I feel beautiful. I feel good about myself. But then it was like, I backtracked my head going, er, this is against my like values. <laughs> like, am I supposed yeah. to be posting something like this? Are people going to be like, oh, your life looks so glamorous. You're traveling and sipping wine in the vineyards. And I'm like, look, <laughs> we all, we all uh, deserve uh, a beautiful photo taken of ourselves. We all deserve a beautiful getaway um, without our children. Uh, we, we all are deserving of really beautiful and wonderful and and fulfilling things just because the blog is called honest chatter and I'm sharing my heart and I'm trying to be real and raw and honest. doesn't mean that like, I just live my life crap. Like <laughs> yeah. everything's just crap around me. Like I just, that's why I share everything in between too. Like, okay, this was a week ago and it looked glamorous, but this week, let me tell you what it looks like. It's yeah. looking like <laughs> pizza it's looking like pizza leftovers for a few nights and it's looking like my dishes haven't been done in like three days so yeah you know 
It's real, like I said. And it's I mean, balance. That's, <laughs> balance is all it is. And, you know, we all deserve to have a good time. And that's also part of this, though. Like, I, I did a, you know, a podcast on, like, manifesting. And I want people to real remember, like, you are worth so much and you deserve so much. And I think that some people that are in deep, deep depression and anxiety, sometimes you feel like you don't deserve things or or you can start to get that negative, you know, train of thought and – so when you know you need your cup refilled with girlfriends and you're going on a trip to Napa, like good for you, right? To get away and just have some fun and escape. But at the same time, you're good about confronting your your feelings too. So yeah, I yeah. think a balance is really important. Absolutely. And I like what you hit on, Lauren, about, um, you know, kind of filling your your mind with negative thoughts and how destructing that can be. And um, there's a book that I really love called Breaking Busy by Allie Worthington. And um, she talks about gratitude and having gratitude, but she also talks about how filling our minds with these negative destructive thoughts all the time keeps us focusing on the gratitude and what's true. So like, you know, I could be offered a promotion or I could be offered this really great opportunity, but inside I have been focusing so much on these destructive thoughts about, because the anxiety really is so crippling and the worry is so crippling. And that's telling me these false, the false narrative, which is like, I'm not good enough and I can't do this, or I'm going to be unsuccessful. I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I love in, in this book and breaking busy by Allie, she, talks about how you need to, you know, work on changing the, the narrative to be focusing on what's true. What is true is that I am capable of anything that I, that somebody, if somebody else believes that I'm capable of it and they have faith in me and they value me that I can do it, then I should believe that that's true. And so focusing on that, and that's what makes things like happen. That's where the magic was like the sweet spot, right? So moving away from like these negative destructive thoughts and moving toward the what's true. That's where all the really cool magical growth happens. And that's where you start to say no to the anxiety. And um, you and I have talked about something similar in in your anxiety and um, that you had some fear about driving on the freeway. There was a moment in time where you were like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm actually but still struggling tr- with that. I'll be honest. So we could, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. And you had that too. I think we had like a moment where yeah. you weren't maybe necessarily afraid to drive on the freeway. It's just, you were having some other stuff happening and then it was, it kind of moved into that area for a while. Right. Right. It was kind of this, I kept feeling like I was going to have an anxiety or panic attack while I was driving. And in that moment I got tunnel vision and I felt like I was going to vomit. I felt like I was going to pass out and I had to pull over. So then it kind of like coexisted with this idea that like, you can't get on the freeway and go to work because I'm going to crash. Yeah, totally. It's a vulnerable place. I mean, gosh, I don't know if anyone else has that, but my mom had it for years and years. I mean, most of my you know, teenage and adult life, like she's been afraid to go on the freeway, which is interesting. And I never had that. And I thought, oh, I'm glad I don't have that like my mom. And then all of a sudden, like the last two years, it hit me. And I'm like, am I subconsciously taking on her, her like, uh, you know, fears? I don't know, but it's weird. It just like hits you. And it is, it's such a vulnerable place. 
I think if you're having any stress and then you, you're in control, right? And you, you feel like you might lose control. So mm-hmm. I need to, I'm still working on that, to be honest. That's something that I've avoided a little bit, but I need to get back onto because uh, I haven't driven a lot with COVID, right? I mean, I, I've been at home right. so much, but I, I do avoid the freeways a lot and I, I'm i being vulnerable here. That's something I need to really work on. That's been one of my biggest fears in the last couple of years. And you know what though, Lauren, I will say, you know, as I've navigated this challenging emotion, I will call it over the past several years, I have learned that it's not, it's not about fixing it and it's not going to go away. It's about learning to adapt to it. It's learning to understand what your tools are to remedy the situation that you in recognizing and having that awareness. And I think for me and, you know, learning from others on what's worked for them, I've really, I've become so aware now when I'm feeling anxiety, come on, when I'm feeling worry, you know, creep in. And, you know, that's the thing with like anxiety and worry is worry is kind of this, like, I am so worried that I can't control the future and I can't, I can't fix this. I can't make sure that the end result is going to be perfect in the way that I want it to. And I'm so worried about that. And anxiety is more like this debilitating, crippling emotion. And it, it literally is like you telling yourself, I cannot do something. I cannot do this. I am not worthy. I am not capable. I am not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Not skinny enough. It's like the the not enough part. Any any like facet of life. Yeah, is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any facet of life. I mean, it's it's to be work, your body image, driving on the freeway, your finances, your relationships, totally anything. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk, we talk about like anxiety being different from worry, but like, in all honesty, they really go hand in hand. But I think for the most part, worry is more of this, like, I'm just worried that the outcome of this, whatever, whatever is not going to be what I need it to be that, you know, mm-hmm. and anxiety is like an absolute debilitating emotion where you are completely stalled out. Yeah. And so I'm worried about not meeting a deadline, but I have anxiety over the fact that like, I can't, I, I don't feel like I should be doing this project. I should not be a stakeholder leading this project. I'm not capable. I'm not worthy of doing that. It's not smart enough. So I think what was happening too, is I've been with the same company for 20 years, right? You know this. Yes. So what happened too, is like, as I'm growing in my role, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I don't think I'm able to do this. I don't think I'm capable of doing it. I'm not good enough. And that's where all the anxiety started creeping in. Like mm-hmm. I am not enough. Yeah. And, and I will say that my faith, my, my faith in, um, myself and the faith that God gave me and my belief that he was going to just take care of it for me is ultimately what really helped me start facing it. Um, going to church and, and getting more involved in my church and just laying it out there and being really vulnerable with my friends at church and with my pastors and just saying, look, I need something. I need, I need to get a hold of this anxiety. And I just, I, I where's the breaking point, right? I was breaking. And I'm like, I, I just need God to like, show me that 
I am worthy and capable and I'm going to be okay. And my family's going to be okay. Um, and ultimately that's where it really, I really sort of defined um, some, you know, ability to remedy some of this and uh, I could get emotional about it, but if you, um, do, it's okay, it's real <laughs> and people will relate. <laughs> that's the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of moments where you kind of believe like that happened for a reason and that was a God thing. And over the course of the last several years, since I really gave up the, <laughs> I gave up the, um, the need to control a lot of things and give it to God and let him kind of con- take control over it for me to release the anxiety and the pressure off of myself. Some really, really beautiful things happen from it. And that, that is the sweet spot for me right now that I'm in. Um, I lost my dad in September to cancer and, um, through the quarantine actually yesterday was a year when I took him to his doctor appointment, they told him he had cancer again. And that's when he had uh, decided like he was essentially ready to let go and let God take him. And as you know, you know, it was a really long process, but, um, you know, ultimately I don't think that I would have been able to handle, uh, that whole season of life last year, if it wasn't for the, the growth that I did and through learning how to <sighs> be aware of my worry and my anxiety and not let it control me. Um, if it, this would have happened like four or five years ago, it would have crippled me. Like it would have crippled me to bits and pieces. It would have ended me. And I told my mom this a lot too. I'm like, there's just no way I would have been able to handle it, but it's been an incredible journey. And, um, there's just, there's so much good that can come out of it. And I just believe that I am a better person because of it. And I'm a, I'm a stronger person because of it, but it doesn't mean that I still don't have moments. Yeah, of course. (laughs) You know, and I've had several over the last year. I think we all have, right? Collectively. It's been a hard year for everybody, but yeah, I mean, and then losing your father. I mean, I've talked to you personally about it and given you my condolences, but I, you know, I, I do still think about you and him often and you've just handled it with such grace and sharing the appropriate parts. And, you know, I, I don't even know all the details, but I can tell that you were even closer with him during that time and spending more time up with your family and just, I don't know, I've seen you grow so much through that. Like you said, you didn't know if you could do it in the past, but I'm so happy that you had some tools and, you know, resources to to help you deal with such a hard time. Hard year for everyone, but extra hard when you're losing your father, you know? Yeah, I remember thinking in the beginning of quarantine and going like, are you kidding me? You know, looking up at the sky going, God, you've got to be kidding me. Like I thought that going through quarantine and COVID was going to be hard enough, you know? And then I'm like, right. um, thinking about a lot of, a lot of people who around the globe have been losing loved ones because of COVID. Mm-hmm. It's just devastating. I'm like, Oh, I can't even imagine how they have it. And then to hear, you know, the C word mm-hmm. again from my dad, when we thought we were kind of done with it, it was like crushing. And I'm like, oh, now I'm, we're going to be that family that loses somebody we love during COVID. Yeah. It totally sucked, but there was so much beautiful 
you know, just God moments Mm -hmm. where I'm like, man, you know, actually if quarantine and COVID wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have had all this, you know, time away from the office to be with my family or um, the girls were out of school. They wouldn't have the time to go see my dad and my mom and spend time and say goodbye to him. It was, there was a lot of moments and we have some pretty personal ones that I don't think I'll ever really share. Cause it's very, just, it's just for me and my family, but God was in it. Like he was in it and he was like, you guys, I got you in this. Don't even worry. Do not stress. Don't have anxiety over this. There is no room for it here because I'm going to take care of this. And he did. Mm-hmm. God, he has on his promise. It was so awesome. So through that, it's been quite the healing journey. And um, yeah, it's, I, you, you look at, at past experiences where you think it was devastating. And you thought maybe you would never get through it or you thought, you know, you're broken. I'm broken. Like, this is it. I'm just broken. And what's wrong with me? And then years down the road, you kind of find out that's what you were made for. And that's why that happened is for like this moment. And it's almost like you were, I have so much to say. Uh, Like, you were almost being, I don't want to, it's the wrong word, like trained, but you, you built up so much courage and you learned so much. And I don't know, you just been through all these things that were like, everything's like meant to happen the way it's supposed to happen. And I don't know, it it helped you in that time that was so hard with your dad, but it also made it so beautiful. And I could just even feel like I'm right without even like asking you, tell me if I'm wrong or right. But it seems like you guys were very much more in the moment when you were with him. You know what I mean? And just a change of pace, which I think COVID did for a lot of us, um, no matter yeah. what your experience was, whether you had it or you had a family member that had it or someone that was, you know, your family member had passed from it. But I think we all were forced to slow down. And then you had this on top of all that with your dad. And I think just spending those last, you know, months and year with him just totally being in the moment. And and there was so much beauty in that too. It wasn't all just sad and hard. There was also a lot of like love and beauty. And I don't know, it's just, it's an amazing journey. It is. And it was my first experience with losing somebody that's really close to me. So I definitely didn't know what to expect. And um, gosh, what a learning experience. Uh, it was it definitely felt like I was going through the motions a lot of the time. Like I felt a little bit robotic for the most part, but um, we, my siblings, my brothers and I got a lot closer and I was the baby. I was the oopsie baby uh, in there. So they're a lot older than me. Um, so I was always the one who was like <laughs> picked on this annoying, stupid little sister. But um, this really inspired uh our relationship to flourish and grow more as adults now. And it was, it was pretty, it's been pretty cool. Um, you know, now it's just the, the phase of taking care of my mom and just making sure that she stays healthy and she stays active and she is like a social butterfly. Oh my gosh. She's got like a coffee date every morning and lunch date in the afternoon. And someone's inviting her over for dinner in the evening. I'm like, she's got a better social life than I do. (laughs) And you know, that's the thing that's so crazy. And, uh, we had a a loss in the family too, my aunt, and she'd been bedridden for years and years. I don't want to steal the show because we're talking about you and your family, but just to relate 
her husband was such a caretaker. And so then I'm hearing, you know, your mom was obviously such a caretaker for your father. So he was at home uh, for the last, you know, part of his life. And wow, you know, of course you still want that person to be here. You don't want that loss. But once they have moved on, there is this like lifting cloud, not cloud, but this like new chance for just some rest and, and joy to also come like for your mother and for my, my uncle, if you will, if that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's just so many different emotions. I think like relief is the word I guess I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see a yep. loved one that had been sick and, and gone through so much for so long, when you know that they've come to peace and it's time for them to go, there is, there's just this relief. And so that makes me happy to hear that your mom is being social and kind of getting a chance to, to do some things for herself too. Um, yeah, we're taking, we're taking good care of her too. We're all, you know, she's, she's so cute when we go like to the Navy exchange and, you know, she's like, Oh, let me, you know, let me buy the girls a, a new, you know, you need some jeans, how about a new pair of shoes? And then she's like, I'm like, mom, what about this sweater? And she's like, Ooh, I like this sweater. You know, it's just really cute. Like, she's kind of taking on this new persona and, um, and they were married for 54 years. Gosh, so wow. I think it's, it's definitely been hard oh, yeah. and it's been really trying and she's for sure. She's been sad and she's suffered through it, but she is such a strong woman of faith mm-hmm. that she, I mean, she up every morning does her devotions, you know, she is such a woman of faith and I look up to my mom so much and, um, you know, she always says that she got my name, Melody. She prayed in the Bible when she's pregnant with me. And um, so the Bible verse said, I will bring forth a melody of joy and, and song. And she's like, Melody, her name's me, Melody. And Aww. she didn't even know I was a girl or whatever. And so I, I just, did not know it, that. it was such I a, like that. yeah, yeah. So it was such a cool opportunity to kind of see my mom in that role of taking care of my dad. And then also my brother and I, my brothers and I were able to play that role of caretaker for my mom and make sure that she was okay. Like she had never, she had, my parents had wonderful lives. We grew up, we, I had a wonderful childhood, nothing to complain about at all. And my, I feel very blessed and very fortunate to be able to say that I do not take that for granted whatsoever. And, um, but to see my mom, I witnessed, uh, her work through a challenge of anxiety and a little bit of like, it came out in a form of just anger and rage. And my mom, if you know, my mom, if anybody's not my mom, who's listening, you know, she doesn't have like a rage, (laughs) angry bone in her body, but she was so tired. She was so exhausted spiritually, emotionally, physically. And she just, couldn't handle it anymore. And we were talking to a hospice nurse and they were trying to explain something to her. And she just pounded her fist on the counter and says, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. Somebody needs to do this for me. And it was, she she was shouting. She was so upset. And it was the moment where I was like, oh man, I know what this is. And I know how to help her with this. And it was kind of like a mom daughter reversal moment. Yeah. Full circle. (laughs) And It came full circle. It sure did. I went and got her a essential oil diffuser for her house and I made her some essential oil blends. Um, I prayed with her. Um, we just, 
we, you know, I just talked her through it and I just said, mom, just let it all out. Let's talk through it. And it was such a cool moment of like all I was able to use all the tools in my toolbox to help her kind of regroup. And, and now when I go to her house and she's got her little essential oil diffuser mm-hmm. going and she'd never used, I mean, she's like, it's like woo woo, right? Essential right. oils. I know you like that word, Lauren. Woo-woo. I love all the things. Woo woo. Just wait all for the, the podcast on this Friday. You're going to knock some of your guys' socks off. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Let's talk about all the things. All the weird things. Just, I'm like, you know what? Essential oils are from the earth. Yeah. Um, God made the earth. I'm like, crystals and rocks are from the earth. God made the earth. And like, I believe that he just creates all these beautiful things that we can like physically yes. hold and meditate and pray over. And like, I don't, you know, I am like, I grew up in the church. I grew up by the Bible. I have, I, I still, to this day, I believe, right. Mm-hmm. It, that is, is my, the word from God is forever going to be something that I will look upon and read upon when I need it. Um, but I do, I have this like thing for just, nature and like if it was created it was created by god in nature in his you know by his hands and i'm like but it serves a purpose still too so i'm kind of like you know maybe you call it woo-woo, maybe you call it just like um expanded spiritual being of some sort i don't know yeah. whatever you want to call it i think i call it that <laughs> just because you know, I think there are, I don't know why I do that. I think I just joke around about stuff. I like everything. I think it's all the same. I think it's all connected. That's for another show. But uh, we do yeah. talk about that on Friday's podcast is just Ooh, I'm excited. God and the universe. I think it's all the same. And so when I'm hearing you, but the thing is you're talking about nature, but I find spirituality in nature too. So to me, see, it's the same thing. So if Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so we don't need to get into like defining or like what's right or wrong. But I, my point is, yeah. I think it's all within. And like you said, like it's all been created by God or a creator or the universe. And I, I try to always include all those different things. I say universe a lot, but I refer God is, to me is the universe. So, you know, just, I don't know, nature is for sure super healing and it's not woo woo at all. I think there's a reason that we're, you know, drawn to nature. One, I think we were born out in, in nature and we live a very different life than we did way back as our ancestors. You know what I mean? But there's a reason that we find peace in nature and 100%. crystals and all those things. So when you're talking about those things, I don't think they're off the chart of being non-conventional. You know, I don't know. Maybe they aren't talked about yeah. in church, but uh, I'm glad that you find comfort in those things and that you introduce that to your mom and... um. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's like, it's just this opportunity to hold something. It just, it, it looks, you know, look at it. It feels, it feels, you feel it in your hands, you know, the sensory part of it when you're feeling maybe overwhelmed or stressed or mm-hmm. like anxiety is creeping in and, and they like hold feeling energy those too. things. I don't, not yeah. believes in that, but yeah. you know, they can hold energy and yeah. There's, there's just, there's something really that feels very, soothing and nourishing in those moments and so like I've got a diffuser going right now next to me um with this beautiful new scent that I'm like uh, obsessed with let me tell you mm-hmm. um it's got pink grapefruit and wild lavender and white sage and palo santo Ooh, I mean nice. can we for a moment you'll have to send me the information where you get it and I'll link it in the in the description of the podcast I'm also going to put that book that you had mentioned I wrote a note down so 
Perfect. We'll put those down as just um, tools for people because I, that is one thing I do want to talk about before we forget um, is just the tools. And I think some people are listening and like, oh yeah, like, you know, essential oils, okay, that's a good idea or nature. But I think we should talk about like, what are some tools that you or I or your mom have used? And, you know, everyone has something different, but mm-hmm. one, let's just summarize, like nature is the best medicine. I, I think most people would agree. And just getting outside and f- breathing the air, feeling the sun, looking at the birds, just without your phone, without the busyness of hectic life, there's no judgment. It's just, it's so raw and beautiful. And I think, so I've heard you say that and, you know, essential oils or crystals. And I think there is something to, one thing that's helped me a lot when I feel anxious, I've heard this in many different places, but check in with your senses, right? So if you're feeling oh, yeah. like a panic attack's about to come on or you're feeling stressed or your mom's starting to like lose it, just pulling the person aside, pulling yourself aside. And you know, this has really helped me and it kind of goes back, we're all over the place, but it kind of goes back to what you were talking about with that book of just a lot of anxiety is and worry has to do with the future. That's one thing I've learned. Mm-hmm. And I'll also yep. link this book. I don't know if you've read Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now and a New Earth. Yes. Oh my God. Life-changing. Very, very powerful. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll mention these over and over in this podcast. It's been one of the most pivotal things that's helped me when I was, I had a really anxious time. Actually, when we were working together, I had gotten out of a a relationship. I was feeling like, what's my purpose in life? And I had this two-week kind of mini depression and just, I felt so hopeless and what's going on. And I got outside one day and I was just crying and I read that book and it helped me so much because it talks about you know, a lot of our anxieties are illusion, like illusions. This is going to happen. I'm not worth this. I'm not going to get this project done. Those are all like ego, you know, statements that our brain just makes up. Literally, they're not even happening. And so if you can realize the illusion and then bring yourself back to reality, am I okay in this moment right now? And so that's what I try to help myself, right? When I'm driving, I am okay yeah. right now. I'm worried that something I might not be in, you know, control in the future, but right now am I okay? Yes. And so just to breathe through that and bring yourself back and I don't know if that makes sense, but recognizing the illusion versus reality and if you can get back into reality and realize that everything you're thinking about half of stuff doesn't end up happening anyways. So it's just so totally. much chatter in your in our brains, right? We have so much going on that it's just not really useful. So if you can catch yourself before you start spiraling and so checking in with going outside into nature, removing yourself from the situation, grabbing a crystal, putting on something that smells good, you know, touching yourself, looking at something. Like I think trying to like, those are the tools that I've used kind of just to bring yourself back. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what's funny is, well, it's not funny because it's true. <laughs> it's not funny because it's true. Um, uh, choosing to step away and recognize that you're not coming, you're not coping with that incoming flood of anxiety and emotion, like choosing to just remove yourself and to close your mind, close your eyes and clear your mind in that moment is one of the like top on my list. So when I start to like actually had this happen um, earlier this week on Monday, we had a really big week at work for a, a, a virtual event. It was super fun, stupid. Um, I 
just kidding. Um, no, it actually went really great yesterday. So I'm very happy with it, but I just hate doing virtual events. Like, you know, everybody in the world were so over it. So I I just need to like, I need to party with my people. You know what I mean? Um, so I, Monday I came in and I just immediately was feeling overwhelmed. Um, not right. And I just was like, here we go. Here goes the roller coaster. And that's the thing. Anyone who's had anxiety, you feel it coming. You're like, oh shit. Like, yep, here, here we, we go, go again. Everybody strap on. Yep. We're uh, going for a ride. Yep. <laughs> yep. So and that's exactly how I felt. I looked at my employees and I was like, oh boy. Um, I think it's going to be a day. Yeah. So I need you all to just like buckle down. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, a little stressed out. And I'm like, it's more than that. And yeah. I feel comfortable at a place where I can actually tell them like, hey, my anxiety is really high today. I'm just going to, I'm going to go for a couple laps around the building and I bring my precious Brutus. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you will know all about Brutus. Oh um, but I bring him to work with me every day. He's my 105 pound chocolate lab. So he cute. is literally curled up sleeping on the floor behind my chair in my office right now. He's it's really so sweet. sweet. Um, so he's my therapy dog. So get a dog. Number yes, one, yes. just kidding. Get an animal. Not kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they release endorphins when you pet them and Seriously. you love on them. It really helps you. Yes. Um, but number one is choosing to recognize what's happening and take it outside. And I'm like, that's my, like, okay, you got to just take it outside. Cause like you said, nature, fresh air, mm-hmm. it can just really take grip and a hold of your emotions mm-hmm. and help you get a good, clean, clear breath. Mm-hmm. And start to feel more in your body. Cause I, I don't know about you, Lauren, but like when I get my anxiety starts to heighten, I literally feel like I've got like vertigo happening. I feel like I'm outside of my body looking in. I can feel like tension, like the tops of my shoulders and like my trapezius muscles are burning because all the tension is creeping all the way up into the top of my shoulders and my neck. And I just, my eyes feel hot and I'm, Ooh, here we go. It's happening. Isn't it crazy how it manifests physically? It oh. is the devil's work. I 100% the devil's but work. You know what? He is though? getting in there. It, it's interesting, but it's our, it's some people don't realize they're, if they're maybe not as familiar with it, they don't realize they have anxiety, but they feel so stressed and physically like gross and worn out. But that's literally your body telling you it's actually a gift. It's telling you, like, I'm overwhelmed. Like it's yeah. coming out I mean, physically. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, let's back up a second and talk about what stress and anxiety actually does to our bodies. It manifests in so many incredibly, incredible ways from blood pressure and tension, rising cortisol, poor immune system, inflammation, headaches, poor sleep, low libido. Why do you think our nation is so sick? Uh, So much of it's probably stress. Adrenal, I can never say that word. Adrenal, adrenal problems. Adrenal fatigue. Adrenal. 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 But yeah. I mean, really, it, it does. It manifests in so many ways, short term and long term. I mean, you know, you could argue some forms of cancer probably over time. Stress in your cells could probably have come from a stressful life. I mean, this is why 100%. this is just so important. And we're only just one, you know, two people talking here. But it's so real. It's so serious, but it's also like so okay and normal. And like, 
we, we just, we have to keep talking about it and making it normalized and, you know, you're not alone. And if you're feeling this way, like, I don't know, it's just, I'm so happy that we're talking about this. And I am too. We need to, it needs to get out more because here's the other ticker. You, I don't know how many friends that I've talked to and maybe you've had these same conversations and I know you're going to be like preach, but they're like, Oh my gosh, my allergies. And I've got these really bad, like diet allergies or like food allergies, or I've got this weird pain in my neck all the time, or I have headaches all the time. Yes. Okay. So diet and exercise, moving your body is and good sleep. So important. hundred percent. Absolutely. So important. But what could also be the root cause of these things is stress on your, like absolutely wrecks your body. Mm-hmm. And so people go into their doctor and they're like, I keep having all these gastro issues. I think it's gluten. Okay. I get it. Celiac and gluten intolerances. It is a thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but let's tell like, that's where my doctor, I went in, I was like, I'm having these weird chest pains. I feel like there's lightning bolts or like, like shooting like electrical currents shocking my abdomen and my chest. It was the scariest thing ever, Lauren. I was like, I've got cancer. I mean, that's immediately where we go, right? Right. Like something foreign is in my body. I am now going to die. And so my mind went there, which caused me more stress, caused me more pain. And it was this, it manifested in the weirdest symptoms. And my doctor was like, they did MRI. They did a chest exam. They listened to my stomach, my chest, my heart. Um, everything was beautiful. And she's like, um, how stressed are you right now? And I was like, well, I basically have a breakdown when I go to work every day. And she's like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you actually see a therapist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lo and behold, mm-hmm. guess what happened? Yeah. <laughs> and same thing after uh. my dad passed all my grief and my anxiety, I had been like, like a robot, like, or like a train just choo-chooing away and making sure my family was taken care of. And I was going back and forth to Woody Island and taking care of my kids and making sure my husband had groceries while I was gone, you know? And then my dad passed and the weirdest things started to happen. I was getting a, like my heart was beating and thumping in my, um, right ear. Mm -hmm. Like, whenever I would sit down to relax at night and it happened for three to four weeks Wow! and I was so scared. And then I talked to somebody on Instagram who deals with like holistic healing and um, she focuses mainly on stress and anxiety and chronic depression and things like that. And she was like, um, your dad just died and you, you saw things that you didn't really think you wanted to see and or didn't want to see and you did things that you didn't think that you were going to be doing um how was your stress level right now and you're back to work and I was like my stress level is pretty high yeah um and lo and behold again it like went away like within days because a I talked about it I let I released it and I put it on the universe and said I'm I'm releasing this from taking a hold of my body because I don't like it and it does not belong here it is has no purpose here and I'm going to move on from this. And I think those are the steps. It's like getting through the tunnel, mm-hmm. right? It's like pushing through that tunnel of emotion. And a lot of times we just get stuck in the middle and that wheel just keeps turning and we're on the hamster wheel and we're just in so much pain and we're so upset and we have so much anxiety over it. And we're just trying to fix it ourselves. But like 
to get through the tunnel, it really takes like that little push from somebody to say, Hey, you're okay. This is totally normal. You've been through a lot and your body is telling you right now that you need to just take a deep breath and have some grace with yourself. And also it's such a good opportunity. If you are, have any sort of like spiritual beliefs, I wholeheartedly um, challenge you to just grip onto that, whatever it may be and give it to whatever that higher being is. But, you know, I believe in God. So for me, it was going to God and being like, I need you to just take this from me, God. And I totally trust that you're going to take it from me. And he does every single time. Yeah. And but there's always these things that we have to work through. Like, you know, the essential oils always help me or doing a brain dump journal where I just write out everything that my brain is cluttered with. And I call it a brain dump. Literally, it's what it says on my piece of paper every morning, brain dump. Yeah. And it's like all the things that are cluttering my brain. It just feels good to get it on paper. It's like talking to someone. Um, you know, I meditation, meditate every morning, That's huge. take your deep breaths. Yeah. Breathing is huge. That's, that's helped me a lot. I mean, just even little stresses, right? Just, you know, I get like with my husband or something, like we're like arguing and I'm like, I want to be angry right now. I want to be a bee, but this, <laughs> this feeling's like boiling inside of me. Right. And just taking three deep breaths. And I imagine like exhaling the anger or the feelings or the stress, anxiety out the bottom of my feet yeah, and then breathing in a clearing breath. And I do that three times and I'm not kidding you. It works just to pause, stop and breathe. Anyone, no matter what you're going through, lean on your breath. I mean, it's such an amazing tool and that, that really helps not only with the mental aspect, but the physical, just giving your body more, uh, you know, oxygen and honestly, if you're in the middle of like a panic attack too, sometimes you just have to go through it, but maybe when you're getting over it, it's just focus on the breathing because it will, once you start really focusing on the deep breathing, you find that you stop thinking about other things because you're you're breathing. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but if you've ever done Mm -hmm. that, you actually do stop thinking about, because you're focusing on your breath. So I don't know, for me, I got excited when you talked about breathing because it it is everything. I mean, just to reset and you can do it anywhere at any time. That's the beauty of it. We can't live without it. No. And because you might not have your essential oils with you, right? Or your crystals in your car, but to breathe. Yeah, it's true. But that conscious breathing I think that is something honest that yeah. we should, and I need to do it more just every day, stop yourself a few times a day and just doing some deep breaths and just kind of resetting. Cause that can actually help prevent some of the, these little breakdowns that could happen on a daily basis. Cause you know, you, you're going and you're, like you said, you're going to your kids and your dog and your husband and you're going to Whoopi Island. And it's like, you don't stop. And then you're like, Three weeks later, you're like, oh my God, my body is exhausted and I'm having all these weird symptoms come out. And that is the thing I wanted to talk about when you brought that up is I've had that before too. I had a really hard breakup with a past partner and we were together for two years. I think you probably know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but yep. it was a really hard thing for me. And I finally, we broke up and I was feeling pretty good. And then a few weeks later, I started having this it almost was like sleep apnea and I would stop breathing as I was drifting off to sleep and I would like, mm-hmm. <gasps> and I just, I couldn't sleep. It, it was so startling and scary and it would happen for a few weeks and then I de-stressed and it, I've never had it since. So 
it is insane what stress can do to you and it can come and show up later. So that's the thing people, oh, I don't have anxiety. I'm fine with, you know, but then it happens later to someone and they may not realize it was associated with the, you know, the past event, if you will. So I think more people probably have it than they realize. I actually love that you brought that up because I am going going to send this to you so you can link it here because this is such a fascinating topic to me. I got to find it. Um, I got to find the quote on it, but I always thought, you know, anxiety and panic attacks were because like in the moment, something was really stressing me out. And I was, I had this heightened anxiety, like in like right now, like what, and what was happening is I was having them and experiencing them at points in my week or month or whatever, that I was actually like feeling good. And I learned recently kind of what you were just speaking to is that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's something like in the moment that's triggering it. It could be something, it's something from um, a past experience that stressed you out and you had heightened levels of cortisol or, um, you know, and what happens is you're finally at a place where your body is shifting almost like back to a neutral state. And it's like, uh, but, but I can't, but I can't, you know, like you worked me up so hard into this place of pure panic, um, inside. And now it's like just releasing. And so it could be something that happened days or weeks ago. And it's such a fascinating, um, topic that I am starting to understand more about. So there's so many layers to anxiety it's true. And everyone has experiences simple. It differently, but they're obviously, as we're talking about, there are like commonalities. And I think that's why we're talking about it. But I, I do think there is the, in the moment something happens and it's just like a stressful day and you're just feeling anxious and like it can totally happen immediately or it can totally creep in out of nowhere. Like the driving thing for me, I was completely fine. And then it literally just one day I was in an unfamiliar area driving and I was very relaxed and it kind of was in a daydream. And then I like came to and I just panicked and I had to pull off and my heart was racing and I thought I was going to have like a heart attack. And it was the worst fearful, like scariest thing because you feel so trapped. You're like, I have to drive, but I don't want to. I want to get off and I can't because the exit's not, you know what I mean? And oh, so mm-hmm. I've had that several times and it just comes out of nowhere and you're like, what the hell? Like I was fine. Like, why did it just pop up like that? But your body is telling you, you have to listen to your body and- there's just so much that we could talk about, but I mean, I think you touched on this earlier. Sometimes you just let it, like welcome it in. If you're going to have mm-hmm. a panic attack, have it. Don't fight it. I think sometimes you just have to go through with it because fighting it can actually make it worse. Get it out. Mm-hmm. I know you're a good crier. I know. I've seen it in person. I've seen heck, it yeah. <laughs> you're a good crier. I'm a good crier. Get it out, man. Cry your eyes out because you will work through things faster guaranteed it feels so good to get it out cry your brains out feel the feels I, I i did it so this day this week on monday and i was feeling so anxious all day but i was so busy at work and i i do have this motto of like stop and take it outside mm-hmm. and i i kept trying to go outside but i was in such a rush to get everything done inside the office right but I stepped outside. I did like a walk around the building. I felt better. Walked inside. I was kind of feeling tense and like my uh, my shoulders were feeling kind of tingly and I was feeling kind of dizzy. Walked outside again. 
came back in. I was like, man, I just need to like get out of here. I was starting to feel claustrophobic. Like I need to get out like now before I freak out. So when I left work and drove home, I actually was like, okay, here we go. I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let her rip. I put on um, one of my favorite worship songs that just like, I, I promise you, you're not human unless you cry because the words are so rich and nourishing. They're so real. And it's just, there's so much promise in it. And I bawled, like I have not bawled in a really long time, like hysterically crying. And I could feel like it was almost as if the blood, I could feel it just through my veins. Like my body was just saying, finally, just release it. Just let go. And I cried so hard. I got home. I felt so much better. It was amazing. It was, I think, um, you know, it takes some time to really work through those moments and recognize that you're having them. Um, there's a couple of things I did want to like mention for those who might be listening, who are like, I really need some solutions and some tools on how to deal. So besides like, obviously the breathing and essential oils and doing like a journal, um, and meditation, and then obviously things like uh, a gratitude journal is such a beautiful way to like help stave away those negative, destructive thoughts that keep anxiety at bay. <laughs> so um, really trying to focus more on like the things that you're grateful for and really keep a positive, open mind will help you. I know it's that's, what everybody yeah. talks about gratitude well, journals, but it thing. works. It totally works. That's, I agree with you. Like, that's why people talk about it. <laughs> yeah. There's always something to be grateful for in even the most dire situations. I mean, I know it's not, I'm not trying to take away if someone's going through something really hard, like a death, you know what I mean? But if you could yeah. honestly, just to keep yourself put together, just are you fed? Do you have shelter? Do you have someone that loves you? I mean, there's always something to be grateful for. That doesn't mean you don't have emotions that are sad about something else, but it just kind of stabilizes you that there is still, and this goes deeper for someone that might be really deep in anxiety or depression, like not good. There is always someone that cares for you and there's something to be grateful for and to live for. And I think just to be serious for a second, like, I mean, we've been serious the whole time, but you get my point of like, this isn't just (laughs) daily stuff. This is like, if you're deep in this, there is always something to be grateful for. And if you can focus on that to keep you going through this dark time, please do because that's helped me a lot. Yeah. Like you said, just what is something to be grateful for today? It doesn't mean you don't have a shitty day, but it does help you kind of realize like there are still amazing, good things happening all around me. And it it takes you out of your own, I don't know, when I was in my saddest times, like I just feel like, I'm like, what can I do for somebody else? What else is going on in the world besides, because sometimes you don't even just feel like you get sick of your own issues too sometimes. Like it can get, it's so exhausting sometimes it helps to kind of think about other things. So I think that gratitude, that's a huge thing is every morning waking up, no matter how shitty your day is or how upset you're feeling, just what are three things that you're grateful for and make that a daily thing. I do have, um, there's a post I'll share too that I did um, several years ago. Um, We were kind of looking to downsize and minimize our lifestyle a little bit and we wanted to save some money and we just knew that we'd have to really like put some energy and focus on, okay, how do we minimize 
our lifestyle in order to accomplish these things. And I had found this 30 day minimalism challenge and I call it the fresh, um, the 30 day fresh start effect. And there's, um, just something small each day between like decluttering your digital life and like having a no complaint day, practicing gratitude or, um, examine your daily habits, which is a really good one. Um, don't buy anything for 24 hours. Uh, let go of a goal, (laughs) um, turn off your notifications. And then there's things like, you know, uh, you know, giving to others and you buy someone coffee. That can be so um, healing. It really can to kind of step out of your box and help somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it. I mean, it just, those little things I would say kind of help too. When you just pick something for the day, pick something that you're just going to try and accomplish. Cause I think half of the reason why we also feel a lot of like anxiety and stress is because we're not like closing the book on things every day. So I feel like if you're able to focus on one thing every day and you can successfully check that box, that's why daily journals or planners are really popular and really beneficial because you're able, everybody loves to check a to-do list off, right? So I think that kind of helps like move you through the tunnel. Yeah. So you don't get stuck and you're like, I don't feel accomplished. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Um, You know, and it's little things like, do you feel something coming on? drop, you know, pull your shoulders up, drop them back, roll them back and just breathe through it. And coming back to that breath, like you said, um, another like really last, like kind of simple one is chewing gum or mints Mm -hmm. to distract yourself almost right. Kind of a, yeah, it's kind of sensory thing. So like anything mint, uh, mint tea gum, uh, I always have mint gum and tic tacs from my purse that's a good little yeah yeah little tip definitely yeah there's a lot of different tools and i think you know some people are like yeah yeah but i mean really if you are someone that's been having anxieties that you haven't had before or you know someone and this is newer to you you know just to summarize some tips that have helped us like nature praying meditating obviously talking about it, crying, like you were saying with your friend in the car Mm -hmm. or just crying by yourself, whatever, or being grateful, dumping in a journal, dancing, going on a walk. I mean, there's so many things to help and you got to find what works for you. Um, But a lot of sensory things can really bring you back if you're in like a panic attack state. But if it's more of a just general anxiety, just all the time, I really think the breathing – and of course, just to get really serious again, if you're feeling very crippled, please do get help though. I mean, reach out, whether it's to someone you know or to a counselor. Therapy is such a thing these days. It's not even, it used to be like, oh, I'm seeing a therapist. But I think now I don't even have to say that, right? But I, I've had even some friends that still have never seen a therapist. And like, well, I'm kind of embarrassed about it. No, go talk to someone. Like, you are not alone. This is not weird. This is so normal. Like, please yeah. just get help yeah. and talk about it. And and I just, I don't want people to suffer. Um, it's something that so many of us go through and there are so many tools and resources like we've been talking about for the last hour. But I mean, I really, I do encourage people to get, get help and talk about it. And that's half of it is just sharing your story and knowing you're not alone and having that support system. 
Yep, absolutely. And just remember that there's no shame no. In, in sharing um, your your journey and what you've been through. And um, if somebody is not going to support you or be there for you or ridicule you or shame you for it, your story or for sharing it, um, just remember that like <laughs> you, that, that they are not needed in your life if that is what they choose to respond with instead of like love and respect and gentleness and acceptance. And, um, I just really encourage people to open up, find a safe space and a safe place or save someone that they can open up with. If they're really feeling they're struggling with anxiety. And, um, I know a lot of the shame can come from, uh, an upbringing and um from family so the times are changing friends that's true and i i do think too i mean it's not cliche but like here we are two women which i'm being stereotypical here you know we tend to maybe talk more and share our feelings more now not all the time we live in a culture have to be careful there's so many different like labels and things you have to say a certain way and like but Mm -hmm. generally speaking I think it's pretty safe to say that women overall do share and and maybe talk more about their anxieties and stress and we get it out more with girlfriends not always but I, I do think it's important to note too like for men that maybe don't feel that they can talk about their feelings as much too like I want that to also become like a norm as well and so Oh, absolutely. You know, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Lauren. And that's for a whole nother episode, right? Yeah. But vulnerability does not just wear, um, you know, the sign of the woman. It is everyone um, has universal. It is universal. And I guess just when you were talking about that, because it's not like it's just a like you and me and we're talking about it, there could be. We're able, we have support systems, luckily, that we can talk to each other, talk to people. We don't feel ashamed, but I'm glad that you mentioned that because there may be a lot of people, whether it's just a normal relationship or it could be abusive or that's even a form of, of abuse is shaming someone for being anxious or whatever. Like there may be people that feel like they don't have someone they can talk to without being judged or, you know, to your parents or whatever. So I think finding someone that will accept you, whether it's a counselor or a friend or whoever, but there's just so many different people out there that are experiencing this. And I don't know, anxiety doesn't have a preference in who it picks. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Very true. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your, (laughs) you know, socioeconomic status. It's anyone and everyone can experience it. And so I think we just need Mm -hmm. to remember we're all in this together and I don't know. I think there's a lot of sensitive people. And I remember when I first met you, actually, when we were working together, I didn't know you well. And I remember you came in a couple mornings and I could just see it on your face. Mm-hmm. And I've known you for so it. long. You do wear it. And that's okay. And I think, I don't know. I just, I know you now, but you are a sensitive person and that is very, a good thing too. And so I just, I don't know, to put a positive spin on this through my spiritual growth too, I think- a lot of really deep, sensitive, like people are very sensitive, but that's actually a really beautiful thing because you are in touch with your feelings. And um, I don't know, I, I think it's not just like a negative thing, like, oh, you have anxiety, we have to like deal with this. There are a lot of beautiful, <laughs> sensitive people that 
feel every little thing and they're very empathetic and that's a gorgeous trait to have. It's just you have to be able to manage it in this busy, crazy life that we live in. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just kind of had a come to Jesus moment with myself, no pun intended, but like I I did. I kind of just I felt like I was inadequate at something um at work and I was feeling really unsuccessful with a project and like just I'm not meant to do this, right? And I just kind of said to myself, I just voice come over me and like just calmed me spirit and just said, you know what, you don't need to be excellent like super duper about everything melody like you just need to remember that you're doing the best with what you've been given and the and the skill set that you have or the knowledge that you have it does not mean that you're stupid you're still smart in so many other ways and you still have so many good qualities it was just as more i had to like pep talk with myself it's like why I love that. <laughs> do i always feel like i have to be the know all do all i got this figured out i can do it no problem gal like and do it to with a straight a right and like truth be told we were built we were all built for different things and we were built with different skill sets and different gifts and i just had this moment where i just said you know what i'm just doing the best that i can this is not my skill set and this is not my wheelhouse and i have so many other gifts that i can give and this is not really one of them and i i just had that and i admitted it with myself i admitted it with the person i was on the project with and we had this like really great conversation about it and they're like nope totally get it like just do the best that you can and i'm like cool you know and so there's just there's so many opportunities i think we have have pep talks with ourselves too and just work out those conversations with ourselves like hey you know i am worthy i am capable um or it's this just wasn't meant for me and that's okay i my gifts lie otherwhere you know um other other places so that's a good point and we live in such a crazy world right now where there's just so much flying at us all the time and all the time image like we were yeah and you have to like keep up with that and even me like I love to look look at social media I think it's a hobby of mine like I enjoy seeing what's going on with fashion and and like spirituality and I love it it's like social right and but it I even find myself kind of addicted like I gotta like check it and I'm like why do I have to feel like I have to do this and then I have to like attend to my family and then what about me and there's just so much going on in this society and that's actually I sent you a podcast yesterday Melody um, but I should tell everybody Luke's story I'm a big big fan I'm working through his podcasts um, and I'm obsessed with his podcast by the way I'm learning so much but he had a guest on talking about this we were not born to be like on our phones all the time and like checking Instagram and like doing this, doing that and going to work and moving so quickly. Like we've changed so much as a species. I mean, I'm kind of getting deep here, but we were not programmed to be like this tech create. I mean, maybe we were in like an evolutionary standpoint. You get my point. It's just, Oh yeah. We were ma- made I say to that too. like live and eat and survive. And we come from like hunters and gatherers. Okay. And then now we're in this crazy culture where we're, not outside very often, which is aiding in depression, by the way. Like we aren't getting enough sunlight. We're not eating very good foods. It's processed. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative, but that's kind of a main part of this podcast is like spirituality and health. It's just reminding us that like we live in a crazy world and we need to come back to the center of like what really matters and like taking care of ourselves. And I don't know, just like, I love what you said. It's just like, I don't have to be good at everything. I don't have to keep up with everything. Give yourself permission to just slow down and relax and just breathe. (laughs) 
So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And no, the ego, absolutely. ego is what talks, you know, in your head, right? Like, oh, why aren't you good at this? Or you're like failing at this or like, what? it's just, we got to get rid of those egos, man. That's not really checks. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, I could go, yeah. You know, we could go on for hours. I, I mean, we have, we haven't gone out to dinner in a really long time. I miss our, I miss our dinner chats and thanks COVID, you know. know. Um, <laughs> Seems brighter days are ahead. Luckily, it feels like it. They are. So. Yeah, uh, they are. And I know I'm glad that we're doing this now too, because I know there's been a lot of people that have had heightened anxiety and depression through COVID as well. And are still suffering from that if they're stressed about COVID specifically and isolated and everything else. So again, just if anyone that's listening, please know you're not alone. You are loved. There is help out there. Reach out, get a counseling appointment, talk to a friend. You know, honestly, if you don't have anyone, I'm not even joking. If you have no one to talk to, message me on my Instagram at Real Lauren Live. Message Melody, like talk to someone because people care and mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're an hour and 20 in. We got to probably cut this short. But I mean, there's so much to talk about. But the point is, it's a real thing. People experience it in many different ways. And it's okay. It's okay. And at the end of the day, whatever you're going through, you can use it to your benefit too. It's such a good opportunity to spin it and make it into your story and own it and be like, all right. I hear you universe or God or whatever I'm, I am here listening and I understand that I'm whatever the challenge I'm faced with right now, I can utilize this to actually help somebody else out. I can use this to better myself. And I know that something good is coming and I just need to be patient and it'll be worth it. Just deep, deep breaths, lots of deep breaths. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a good way to kind of in this in like a, a kind of uplifting way, I think too, like, I've been able to get through a lot of my anxieties too, and they don't really ever go away completely. Like you said earlier, it's not something you have to fix, but I do think the more experience you have with kind of dealing with it and like working with it, you it can get easier um, and it can become a really amazing thing to have, like you said, so you can help somebody else and feel so good. Like when I was pregnant, I would feel like I was gonna be like a nervous wreck and I just handed it, like you said, you hand things to God, I handed it to the universe. And I said, I trust you to take care of me and the baby. I can't, literally, I can't think about it. I'm going to worry myself sick about this. And I just handed it over. So whatever works for you, but it gets easier when you find something that kind of you jive with. So just some encouragement if you're going through anxiety right now, it, it, it can get easier. It doesn't mean it doesn't pop up now and then, but I don't know. It, it feels good when you can kind of say like, not today, not feeling it. Like I got yeah. this, you know? So yeah, so much, so much more we could talk about, but I think this was a good, just little intro, if you will, or <laughs> I don't one know, and a half hour <laughs> chat. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so if you've listened thus far, thank you. I hope you've found something useful. Um, if you know someone that's suffering uh, from anxiety, feel free to share it or share some things that you might've like found helpful. And Melody, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I know it takes a lot of courage to come on air and, and talk about some of the personal things that you did. I really appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you too, Lauren, doing this and opening up this opportunity for 
for us to discuss something that I feel is really important and um, I feel very honored to have been on your podcast. This Aww. is nice. Yes. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So remind people where they can find you. Yes. So Instagram at honest chatter and my blog is honestchatter.com. Um, and again, also like what Lauren said, if anybody needs just a listening ear or uh, li- listening eyeballs, uh, <laughs> drop me a message on Instagram and I'm happy to chat with you. Uh, I've made some of my most treasured relationships over the last four or five years based on some Instagram conversations that were just, someone just needed a listening ear. And uh, so I welcome anybody. Come on by my Instagram. <laughs> I love that. And I second that. <laughs> Uh, Well, this has been so great to talk with you. And I just hope if you are struggling out there, anyone just know that you are loved and you got this. Just take a deep breath. And maybe after listening to this, just take a moment to to think about some of the things that you're grateful for and, and just know that life is hard sometimes, but it's also so beautiful. And there's so much like strength that can come out of hardship so hang in there and uh Mm -hmm. you know just just keep keeping on (laughs) so (laughs) keep on keeping on keep on keeping on yeah all right well thank you everyone for listening today and uh you can find me as usual at real lauren live on instagram And my website is lauren.live. We will have the audio of this recording up on YouTube and also on all the other platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, SoundCloud, all the places. So feel free to pass along to anyone that you think might learn something or get something from this. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Uh, Be well, and we'll talk with you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.